God bless you. Welcome to Fruit of the Vine Ministries. My name is John Davison, and you are stepping into immersing yourself in a study that we are going through right now in Galatians chapter 5 concerning the fruit of the Spirit, what it looks like to walk in the Holy Spirit, and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the life of a born-again, Spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ. And what do I mean by that? Well, it means that at this point, if you know Jesus and you've given your life to him, you've been given what's called the deposit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In Hebrew, the Ruach HaKodesh. The Holy Spirit is put inside of you as the promise that Jesus gave in John chapter 16 that he was going to send a comforter. And the Comforter was going to guide you and teach you all truths. In fact, the power that resides inside you now as a born-again follower of Jesus Christ is the source that you tap into to produce the fruit that we've been talking about. And today we're on episode six, and I'm super excited about this specific fruit of the Spirit. Now, I covered in the last few broadcasts and episodes that the fruit of the Spirit are never intended to to be solo. They were never designed to be by themselves. In fact, when Paul writes to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And then he goes to list off four or five different fruit of the Spirit, and he's talking about the fact that the fruit of the Spirit, the karpos in the Greek of the Spirit, the offspring or the manifestations of the Holy Spirit should be evident throughout every facet, every being, every nook and cranny of our lifestyles. Because if we've truly, if we've truly submitted our mind, our will, and our emotions to the Lord Jesus Christ, if we've truly submitted our souls to the Lord, and we've submitted our bodies, as Romans 12 tells us, as a living sacrifice, and we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind, what we're learning to do is we're learning how to walk in the Spirit. And that concept of walking means we're conducting, we're living our lives in a way where the Holy Spirit, the, the, the third person of the Trinity, of God himself, is living his life through us, that we become the, 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 the suit that God gets to, to, to take possession of and complete his tasks, his work upon the earth, through as Christ-like ones, Christians, in fact, the book of First uh, John tells us in John four sixteen to 17 that this is actually how we have confidence on the day of judgment, that in this world we are like Jesus. And Jesus said, look, uh, you know, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it's going to abide alone. But he said, look, if it dies, it's going to produce a harvest. And then he, he even said later in another place, he said that he was the firstborn of many Brethren, And so you were born into Adam, but you were born again into Jesus. You were born into a fallen nature through your earthly mother and father, but you were born again of the spirit and the water. And if you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you, you know, go get baptized and go profess your faith publicly and let the world know that Jesus is living inside of you, that Christ in you is truly the hope of the glory that you have. And so this next fruit that we're going to discuss today, again, they're not solo. I'll give you a great example. When you see a basket of fruit on the table, you don't say, look it, there's a basket of fruits. You don't say fruits, so it's not fruits of the Spirit. Fruit 
is both singular and plural, depending on its usage. But in this context, it's talking about a multitude, a list of, and therefore we can say this is the fruit of the Spirit. Just like we would say uh, a basket of fruit. So they'll let you know they, they work together. And they're beautiful when they're in full function and full operation. So if you've not watched the first five episodes, I just want to encourage you um, or listen to them if this is the podcast you're listening to. If you've not listened to those or watched those, I want to encourage you to go back from the beginning. We cover, we cover a lot of ground. But you're not going to miss a whole lot if you stick with me now and hear what we're going to talk about today because we're going to talk about goodness. And goodness is a very controversial topic in the church today because goodness is often very misunderstood and many times it's actually confused with kindness. And we, as we went through the last episode, uh, we talked about uh, meekness or kindness and what that looks like versus what we're going to talk about. And I shouldn't even say versus because versus kind of seems like in opposition to, although they work together. But goodness in and of itself is, is a whole nother paradigm that we see all throughout the scriptures. And there's a passage actually in Romans chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 that talks about the goodness of God leading men to repentance. But what does goodness actually mean? And so I want to read this to you in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start here. And then we're going to look at the Greek word today. And we're going to unpack it just a little bit here. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness or meekness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there are no law. Those who, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. And since we live by the Spirit, such a key per passage there, let us keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. So he's saying, listen, you, you, you want to you walk in the Spirit. Again, that concept of walking You'll read it all through the Bible, all through John, if we're in him, if we're walking in the light, as he is in the light, you know, then we have fellowship with him. And, and these concepts throughout the Bible of being in Christ, walking in Christ, walking in fellowship. And Jesus said in John 15 that I am the vine and you are the branches. Anyone who remains in me and I in them will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And so we cannot even produce this fruit on our own. It is God who, who, wills, and to, who, who, who wills and to do. He, he does these things through us. He's the one, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one who brings forth these things in us. And it was his good pleasure to give us the kingdom, which Romans fourteen seventeen says, that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when we read about this, this word here, goodness, we need to unpack what goodness looks like. Because if goodness is a fruit of the Spirit, then we need to make sure that, the, that, the, that the, the fruit that we're producing is the kind of fruit that the Scriptures are defining for us. And Jesus said, look, you make the tree good, and the fruit will be good also. So, so we're, we're constantly paying attention to, number one, who we are, who we're in, who we're clothed in, where we where we're at now because we are we've become through the shed blood of Christ alone and through our faith by grace through faith not of works lest any man should boast it is solely through the finished work of Christ that we have the capacity now inside of us to produce and to bear good fruit fruits according to righteousness 
And that word righteousness is going to play a role as we look at what goodness is, because in the Greek, it says this. The Greek word is agathosune. Agathosune. And this word in the Greek for goodness, it means this. And I'll read this to you. This is from W.E. Vines, Expositor's Dictionary of Greek New Testament Words. It is goodness in this passage here. It means moral excellence. It is an uprightness of heart and of life. It is an uprightness that abhors evil, rejects evil, can't stand it. It is clean, cut, honesty, and living. Goodness is the absence of evil and a passion to remove it, which leads to action. So goodness is not only this, this uh, abstaining from, but it is, it is a pushing away anything that would, that would pervert, distort, corrupt God's creation. First in you, in your life, in your thought life, and then in the atmosphere around you. If you're a husband or a wife or you're, you're a mother or a father, you know, you think about that you want to do things in your home that set you up for success. So you, you remove things, you clean filth, you get things out of your, your life that, that will produce any kind of contrary to health. Anything that's contrary to health, you, you get rid of it. And so you abstain with a passion to remove. So even if it's not in your life, you have a desire to help other people overcome those things in their lives. That's goodness. In fact, there's a, I was reading, I was reading an 1828 dictionary because I like looking at like a, a early, earlier definitions of words because today we live in a society where words are so diluted and, and they have only meaning based off of somebody's emotions rather than their intended purpose. And as we're discussing and we're looking at the Word of God, we have to be sure that the definitions that we are coming up with and the things that we're pursuing are defined by the Scriptures for us. And so as I was looking at this 1828 dictionary, it says that goodness is specifically, this, this Greek term, it's specifically a Christian term. In other words, it's not really found, it's not really found outside of other societies except for in corrupt forms. Now, goodness can only be measured by the one who is good and always will be good. So God is good. God is good. He's a good God. You know, listen to what, I, 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 I want to I scoot out of here for just a moment here, but listen, listen, to, listen to, to what David had to say in the Psalms. He says in Psalm 27, verse 11, about the Lord, he says, Teach me your ways, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. And so David's context is, look, I'm being unjustly persecuted. I'm being lied about. People are pursuing me. There's, I mean, all these things are, are, are happening in David's life. And this may be when he was being uh, pursued by Saul. I actually didn't study that out before I'm reading this passage. And so you may, you may want to double check that. But, but David is being unjustly pursued here in this passage. And he says, listen, don't turn me away 
over to the desires of my foes for false witnesses have risen up against me, breathing out violence in verse 13. I am still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So David is, is, is tethering the goodness of God with God's justice, with God's moral righteous standards and saying, look, I have not done anything to deserve what I'm going through. And so God, I know that you will be the one who is just and you won't hand me over to my foes. You will do what is morally right in this situation. And that is the definition of goodness. John Piper, John Piper writes this. A theologian, pastor, John Piper says, God is never torn by evil motives. Now, this is his commentary on the Greek word for goodness here. God is never torn by the by evil motives. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So, he does not need to be reminded about the duties of his deity. No one ever needs to say to God, Now, today, God... Mind your manners, do what is right, avoid evil, and remember the Ten Commandments. David, in the psalm, he's calling on God's goodness. He knows his God. He knows his God. He knows the Lord. He knows that the Lord is good. And that's why he says, surely I am confident of this, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. David had a confidence that God's morality, God's moral standard, God's goodness is going to make itself manifest in his situation, in his scenario. So how does that tie into us per se? If the fruit, if the spirit, the Holy Spirit is inside of us, then the same moral standard of God, the same standard of righteousness, the same standard of justice will pursue uh, out of our mouths, it, it, it will come out of our hearts, it'll come out of, of our belly with rivers of living water, and we will be a people of righteousness, we will be a people of justice, we will be a people of holiness. Listen, listen to what Paul writes to Timothy. And, and this, this context here, this context here is very important. So the Apostle Paul experiences a, a revival in Ephesus. And, and now he's, he's looking to young Timothy to train Timothy up as a pastor. And he's training up young Timothy to be a pastor over Ephesus. And he says, look, you know, here's, here's what it looks like for you to be a leader, for you to be somebody who, who, who can lead people in the right way. And he says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm. Sealed with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and of clay. And some are for noble purposes and some are for ignoble purposes. In other words, some things are fine china and some are paper plates. What do you do with a paper plate? You just, you just throw it around. You don't really treat a paper plate that well. But fine china, you put it on display for everyone to see. And he says this in verse 20. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and of clay. Some are for noble purposes and some are for ignoble. 
if a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy and useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. What does he mention here? Righteousness, faith, love, peace, holiness, goodness, being good. He's saying that the Holy Spirit inside of you will cause you to live a transformed moral life that will cause you to pursue living a life that reflects the heart of God, that men would see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so we have this, this, this holiness that will, that will seep outside of us. It will transform our minds. It'll transform our hearts. It'll transform the way that we live if we will tap into the Holy Spirit and submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit our soul, our body, our mind, our will, and our emotions, if we submit them to the Spirit and we tap into the Spirit and live from the Spirit, morality and goodness will, will, will flow out from among us. Automatically, as we submit ourselves to God, we resist the devil and he flees. We submit to the Lord first. And in that submission, we see the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I want to take a minute here and I want to address a passage that's often misused in modern churches because it, it's, very, it, it's very important for us to understand God's goodness. And this passage is in Romans chapter 2, which we, we, I briefly touched on it in the beginning uh, of this broadcast. In Romans chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Roman church and he's dealing with issues among them, specifically things like sexual immorality and issues that they're dealing with and, and talking about people giving themselves over to things they shouldn't give themselves over to. And in that context of Romans chapter 2, he then talks about, you know, look, we need to love people. We, we, we need to pursue holiness, all these types of things. And so he's dealing with this in Romans chapter 2. And this passage is often very perverted, but I, I want to read this to you because the same word for goodness is used here in this passage. You, therefore, Romans 2 verse 1, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. So he's talking about hypocritical judgment. He's not talking about judgment on something that you yourself don't do. Verse 2, now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So he's talking about God's character, God's morality, the way that God judges is based on truth. Verse 3, so when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and you then do the same thing, do you think that you will escape God's judgment? What's he talking about? Look, God's going to judge the hypocrite and he's going to judge the one that's doing it. Nobody escapes if they're doing things against the, 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 the way that the Lord wants it done. Verse 4, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that it is the, it is the goodness 
of God that leads you to repentance. There's the passage. Romans 2 verse 4. Not knowing that it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's that same connotation that God's morality, God's holiness, that when you get a glimpse of how good he is in light of how good you're not outside of Christ, that it will cause you to repent. You know, people pervert this passage and they try to say, oh, well, God just does good things and all the good things that God does leads people to repentance. Well, there's a measure of truth to that, a measure of truth to that, because if somebody gets healed, then, then that's, that's, that's God doing a very kind thing. But that's not his goodness, that's his justice. That, that's justice. That's God's form of justice, is that, listen, you don't deserve it, but I'm going to show you my kindness anyway. But his goodness is his moral standard. His goodness is not outside of his moral code and his moral law. Watch this. But because, this is verse 5, listen to the context here, Romans 2, 5. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give to each person according to what he has done to those who by persistence in doing good work seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. Well, you just, if you, if you miss those following passages and you just pull out this scripture of Romans 2.4 about God's goodness, well, then it just becomes, well, God's good, and he accepts me, and everything's fine, and, you know, I can live however I want, and grace is perverted. No, 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 no. No, my friend. No, my friend. What the fruit of the Spirit is in goodness, in this Greek term, is morality. I want to read these again to you. It is moral excellence, an uprightness of heart and life, an uprightness that abhors evil, clean-cut honesty and living. It is goodness the absence of evil and a passion to remove it, which leads to action. There are commentators who believe that this good, this term goodness can actually be applied to Jesus cleansing the temple. Jesus getting out the cat of nine tails and cleansing the temple is associated with God's goodness. And so we don't want to pervert the Lord. We don't want to pervert the Lord and make him out to be somebody who just accepts every and any kind of lifestyle. No, no. He put the Holy Spirit inside of us so that we will live in holiness. Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Peter tells us that we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation unto our God. And so the fruit of the Spirit, my friend, is goodness, morality. Not immorality, not unrighteousness, not lewdness, not sexual immorality, not anger and bitterness and drunkenness, not orgies and boasting and selfish ambition. All of those things are listed in the passage right before Galatians 5.22 and 23. It's, it's the fruit. Those are the acts of the sinful nature of Galatians 5, verse 19 to 21. We don't want to be in that place. And if you are, if you are, I want to encourage you right now. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. 
and he will flee. That if you cleanse yourself from all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness, and you pursue holiness, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and what you need will be added unto you. And listen, if any man does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, and he is faithful and just if you come to him to forgive you of your sin and come to a place back in alignment with the finished work of Christ, back in alignment with the true grace of God. Titus talks about the true grace of God. In fact, I, I, I didn't mark that, but I, I'll, I'll read that because I feel like that's a, a very important passage for us to read right now. It's in Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, and it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to be, to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. Are you eager to do what is good? Because if not, align yourself with the Holy Spirit because he wants to release to you the joy. He wants to release to you the peace. He wants to release to you righteousness. And if there's ever been a time in 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 the, in the world history right now, we need Christians, we need believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the fruits of righteousness, and can go out and love well. And so I encourage you today, before the Lord, it is time for us to repent and to get right. Jesus is returning for a bride without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Do you want to be that bride? If so, I encourage you, change your mind, repent, go before the Lord. He's waiting joyfully to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you right now. Submit yourself to the Lord right now. Submit yourself to Jesus Christ. Get on your hands and knees. Give yourself to God now. He's waiting for you. Yes, he is kind. Yes, he is merciful. Yes, he does forgive. And yes, you're not too far gone to be forgiven today. You're not too far gone to be forgiven today. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this right now. But your heart is still ready. Your heart is your heart is pounding right now to hear from heaven. And heaven wants to speak to you. Heaven wants to release to you the joy, the joy that Jesus paid for you to walk in. And so I encourage you, my friend, give your life to Christ right now. Repent and come back to Christ right now if you've gone wayward. If you've been backsliding, repent and give your life back to Christ right now. Listen, I want to encourage you Get a hold of me. You can contact me at fruitofthevineministries at gmail.com. Write to me. Message me. Connect with me. Leave a comment. But reach out and find help. Find help. Right now we need friends. We need family. We need community more than ever. So I encourage you, connect with somebody. Reach out to me. And I'd be happy, happy to walk through some things with you and help you. Stay with me for just a minute. I have a couple more announcements I want to share with you. But thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Here come some announcements.
Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. Hey, I wanted to just connect with you, share with you some other ways that you can be encouraged in your faith in Christ Jesus through Fruit of the Vine Ministries. You can visit our website at fruitofthevineministries.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. We have our statement of faith on there. There's a lot of encouraging books, literature, things that you can get your hands on. There's, there's some good meat in there for you to be continually encouraged in. You can also contact us by sending us an email through fruit of the vine ministries at gmail.com right here in the form on the website. Also, you can connect with us on Facebook at fruit of the vine ministries, Ohio. So if you go on Facebook, it's fruit of the vine ministries, Ohio, you'll find the fruit of the vine ministries logo. And from there, just like the page and you'll get encouraging scriptures. You'll get encouraging memes, things that you can share with your friends to say, Hey, listen, I follow Yeshua Jesus. I want to give you another opportunity that some people take to take advantage of our P.O. box. You can write us a letter. You can let us know how you've been encouraged and strengthened in your face. And if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, you can also send a check and you can help us and support financially what Father is doing here. It's P.O. box 222 Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And you can make that out to John Davison. There's also a link to, to give on our uh, website as well. Podcasts are available as well through podbean.com. Go to Fruit of the Vine Ministries on podbean.com. Just click the subscribe and follow, and you can follow some of the latest podcasts. Sometimes they're long, sometimes they're short, sometimes they're just very short, encouraging messages. And I just wanted to give you an outlet so that you can, hey, listen, if God moves on you and you want more, if you want more of Jesus, we want to give you every ounce of grace that God has given to us. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely given. We want to encourage the church to walk in power, strength, holiness, righteousness, completely covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, walking as normal Christians in the supernatural and seeing friends, neighbors, loved ones, co-workers coming to faith, salvation knowledge in Yeshua HaMashiach. So thank you very much for spending your time with us today. And God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom.